Blog Talk Radio. Well, shalom, everyone. This is Evangelist August Rosado with Today in Bible Prophecy Ministries. I want to welcome you to our radio program, Today in Bible Prophecy Radio, with August Rosado. It is great to have you with us on this lovely Saturday afternoon as I am coming to you live from Milton, Florida, where this past Wednesday I had the opportunity to preach at Joy Bible Baptist Church for their Wednesday evening service as I spoke on Bible prophecy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've <clears throat> got a little bit of a frog in my throat today. Bible prophecy and current events. Uh, last Sunday I preached at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Century, Florida, about an hour north from where I am right now, and uh, I preached their homecoming service all day Sunday. And, of course, I preached on Bible prophecy and the soon return of the Lord. And then, of course, I will be heading back to Century for this upcoming Sunday. That would be tomorrow, April the 28th, where I will be preaching at Faith Bible Baptist Church. And, again, folks, I will be with them all day as I will preach on Israel, Bible prophecy, and current events. So if you live anywhere in the Century, Florida area, or if you live just over the line in Alabama, we would love to invite you to come on out and join us as we discuss Bible prophecy and how soon Jesus Christ could be coming back. Folks, it has to be very, very soon. With events going on around the world, uh, it's signifying that the Lord could return at any moment. And so on today's show, I am extremely excited because I have my good friend, Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministries. And Nathan Jones will be our special guest today on the program. And uh, Nathan and I are good friends, and he is the co-host of the nationwide TV show Christ in Prophecy, along with founder Dr. David R. Reagan. Uh, They are both great friends of mine. I've been on their show before. They're in Dallas, Texas, had a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to going back and doing another interview uh, with them uh, down the road, but I have Nathan again. We've had Nathan on the show before, did an excellent job, and I know he's going to do a wonderful job again uh, today, and we're going to get to Nathan in a few moments. So, folks, if you're listening live to the broadcast and you would like to ask Nathan a question, you can do that one of two ways. You can call the toll-free number, 877 598944. That is a toll-free number all across the United States and even around the world. 877-659-8944. Toll-free. Or you can send a question via email to me at august.todayinbibleprophecy at gmail.com, august.todayinbibleprophecy at gmail.com. So you can call the live show or you can send your question to Nathan via email. Just give me your first name only. Don't give me your first or last name, just your first name only and what state you're from. And if you can make your question brief, we will read it over the air for Nathan to answer. I also have questions that I will be asking Nathan, and you also have an opportunity to ask him a question 
as well related to the subject of Bible prophecy, current events that are going on in Israel, the Middle East, around the world. A lot going on today, especially in my home state of Massachusetts, where many of us uh, know about the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. And so uh, we're going to have a lot to say about that today. So again, toll-free number, 877-659-8944. Toll-free for you to call in, ask Nathan a question. Or send an email, august.todayinbibleprophecy at gmail.com. august.todayinbibleprophecy at gmail.com. Folks, don't forget, uh, in uh, March of 2014, we're going to be leading a Bible prophecy tour to Israel. We had a great time this year, had a great group of people that joined us on the tour, and I had the wonderful blessing of teaching Bible prophecy on location. What a wonderful time we had. We would love to have you go with us next year on our Bible prophecy tour to Israel, scheduled for March of 2014. If you are interested in joining us on the tour, then you can call me directly at 774-888-8025. 774-888-8025. That is my direct line where you can contact me and ask any question about the upcoming Bible prophecy tour to Israel. Or you can call our tour operator, Christian Tours to Israel. They're also known as Shalom Journeys, but Christian Tours to Israel ask for my good friend, Eyal Evan. Their toll-free number is 1-888-300-3038. That is 1-888-300-3038. Ask for Eyal Evan. Let him know that you want to come on the Bible Prophecy Tour to Israel with August Rosado scheduled for March of 2014. Now, if you are interested in wanting to put together a fall prophecy tour to Israel this upcoming October, then we'll, we'll take about 15, 20 people on the tour with us. If you're interested and want to do a fall prophecy tour to Israel, and if we get enough heads, then uh, we'll do a fall prophecy tour to Israel. If not, then we will uh, have our regular spring, March 2014, Bible prophecy tour to the Holy Land. So I hope to hear from you about that. We already have people signing up already. That's a real blessing. And uh, we keep our tours small. We don't take large groups with us. We want to make it personal for everybody, get to see more and do more with a smaller group. Again, 15, 20 people is what we take. And so uh, we would love to have you join us on this Bible prophecy tour of a lifetime. Now, folks, without any further ado, I am going to get to my good friend, Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, are you there? Yes, sir. Good to speak with you again, August. Always a pleasure and an honor. Oh, brother, it is so good to have you back on the show. I've been looking forward to this for a while now, and uh, we're already having people sending in some email questions for you, brother. They're itching to ask you some questions, but uh, it is great to have you on the program today. How is everything going down there with the Lamb and Lion Ministries? Oh, ministry's been really busy. You know, a lot of people getting interested in what's going on in the world, even even people who are not really knowledgeable about the Bible see and understand that something big is moving in the world and they want to know where it's going. And so we're so fortunate as believers in Christ to have the Bible. And 31% of the Bible is God's prophetic word, and he wants us to know what the future holds, more or less. So, you know, not extreme detail, but as much as God wants us to know. And it's just great to be able to share the gospel with people as we share God's 
a prophetic word and the hope-giving message of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. You know, that's what it's all about, is sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ, the lost and dying world. And, yeah, something big, I have to agree, brother, something big is happening in the world right now. And uh, it's just telling me, brother Nathan, that Jesus Christ is coming sooner rather than later. Just so much going on right now. And, uh, you know, one hour just does not uh, justify, brother. I mean, we can go on for the next three hours and talk about what's going on in the world right now in Israel uh, the Middle East, and even in our very own backyard that I believe is set on the stage for a Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Now tell me, Dr. Reagan just came back from Israel, did he not? Yes, he did, yeah, last week. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, Gary Fisher, who I'm going to have on the program uh, next month uh, with us, uh, also went there and shot some programs. Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, Dr. Reagan, of course, leads tours to Israel, uh, one or two every year, depending on conditions. And uh, about, oh, maybe eight, ten years ago, he went with Gary Fisher and a group of his people over to Israel. And uh, we shot a tour video there. It's before my time, but they did a video of Israel to get people familiar with it and excited about how much the Bible just, you know, comes alive when you, you're oh, there and man. see it. And uh, the video is, you know, kind of older now. So uh, what Dr. Reagan decided to do is he was going to, in one of our latest groups, which I just got back, I said, last week, and uh, film more of Israel and what it's like. Uh, it's going to be a great album. Dr. Reagan and uh, Gary all go around, and they, uh, from each site, they preach a message that's specific to that site in Israel. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, more than likely, those will also be episodes of Christ and Prophecy. And uh, we do have another, uh, like you got having one in March of 2014, we're going to have another tour to Israel. Uh, we're shooting for the end of October, beginning of November. It's still tentative right now, but if people want to come and join that tour, they go to our website at lamblion.com or 972-736-3567 and call the ministry and at least get on the waiting list as we get that information together. But, man, uh, August, when you said that you have a tour in March 2014, uh, it might be a whole different-looking Israel by 2014. Yeah, that's right, brother. I mean, you know, taking into consideration what's going on uh, over there uh, right now, I mean, anything can happen. So, hey, it's it's the Middle East. Well, we just got back from Israel uh, this past March, and we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. We had a great group of people join us on the tour. And that, as I said, there's nothing like teaching Bible prophecy, Nathan, on location, where, where it all was written and, and where it's all going to come down. And so we just had a wonderful uh, time there with this uh, group and looking forward to going back there again unless the Lord takes us home. Amen, brother. And then we'll still end up in Israel, right? <laughs> and we'll still end up in Israel. I tell people on our tours, uh, Nathan, if we get raptured in Israel, it's only going to be a domestic flight, amen? And so uh, <laughs> I tell well, people that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother Nathan, it's great to have you back on the uh, show with us. And uh, what I'm going to do... Uh, right now is, uh, listen, we're going to get to our, our first uh, question. As you well know, right in my own backyard, our neck of the woods, uh, a few weeks back, you know, the Boston Bombing Marathon, uh, two brothers of Chechnyan uh, origin with ties to some type of Islamic radical group there uh, in, uh, in Russia, carried out a very heinous attack by setting up two explosives uh, in pressure cookers they detonated, killing three people, one of them an eight-year-old child, and uh, wounded over 200 people. Uh, some lost uh, limbs, arms, uh, legs, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, one of the brothers died in the shootout with the police. The other is now in uh, federal custody. And I've been getting a lot of emails, 
you know, as to, uh, you know, do we see this as uh, one of the signs of Bible prophecy? So my question to you, Nathan, to start this segment off is, does the Bible speak of terrorism in the last days as a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Ooh, that's a many-sorted question. Uh, Let's go to Luke 21 first to begin that. Uh, Jesus from Luke 21 with parallel passages in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. Uh, Jesus Christ gives us 10 specific signs that we could look out for in the last days. And uh, there have definitely been uh, parts of this sign and partial fulfillment before the temple fell in, in 70 AD, in the end times before Jesus coming to rapture, and will be more so in fulfillment during the tribulation just before Jesus' second coming. So it's kind of like birth pains. You know, they, they come more frequent and intense the closer Jesus yeah. comes. And prophetic perspective tells us there's a near fulfillment, there's a far fulfillment, and then a farther fulfillment, which is during the tribulation. But those ten signs were, in the end times, we'd see a great increase in false messiahs. Uh, Second, a great increase in wars. Third, a great increase in earthquakes. Uh, Four, a great increase in famines. Five, a great increase in pestilence. Uh, Six, a great increase in fearful events. Seven, uh, great signs coming from the sky. Eight, the terrible persecution of Christians. Nine, the fall and and attack of the whole world focused on Jerusalem. And number ten, which is a good sign out of all ten, the return of Jesus Christ. Either up as the rapture where he takes us up into the clouds to be with him to protect us from that seven-year tribulation. And then again when he returns at the end of that that tribulation in his second coming. But number six, number six is the fearful events that will befall the world. And we're talking about fearful events, uh, social social events, uh, say, for instance, terrorism, uh, and also economic events as we're looking at an impending uh, economic collapse of the planet. So, yeah, I believe that the Bible talks about that there'll be great increase in upheavals and unrest, uh, nations fighting against nation and, or ethnos against ethnos, ethnic groups against ethnic groups, and religion yeah. against religion. So to answer your question, I would say definitely yes, August. The Bible does talk about how that we will see a, a great increase in these type of fearful events happening upon the world and terrorism being part of it. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned uh, Luke chapter 21, uh, but specifically in verses 25 and 26 where Jesus says, and there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, upon the earth. He uses this phrase, distress of nations. Now, that's yeah. very interesting that he would use that, distress, because we see this right now. He says, distress of nations. Then he uses this word, with perplexity, the seeing the waves roaring. And then in verse 25, he uses another interesting phrase. He says, men's hearts fail on them. For fear, and and I sort of look at that as if Jesus was talking about heart failure. I mean, when you look at the 9/11 attacks of, uh, 12 years ago, back in 2001, uh, according to the uh, psychological today, uh, psychology today website, they said that after two months after 9/11, there was a 35% increase in heart attacks, and even wow. there at the Boston bombing there were reports of people suffering mild heart attacks, and yet Jesus is telling us in verse 25, men's hearts failing for fear and for looking up to those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So I find it to be very interesting that, that Jesus would make that analogy. Oh, certainly, and it plays into it. Uh, not only uh, are we talking about the terrorist attacks, which of course are undermining, but how society is so connected economically now, those 
socially as well as economically. And every time there's some kind of stock market issue, it affects the entire world. And uh, take, for instance, in 2000, 2002, the 10th worst stock market crash uh, lasted over 999 days, 37.8% loss in income. Then we had the crash of 2008, which we're still reeling from as a world, $1.2 trillion lost, and the stock market went down, interestingly enough, 777 points. Most people lost $2 trillion of their entire retirement savings, and the cost of living, which was $100 just four years ago or five years ago, is now only worth about $45, so half our money value is gone. But we know uh, during the tribulation, you know, as bad as it now the, the Bible in the third seal judgment of Revelation 5-6 says that we're facing a worldwide economic collapse. In response to that, when the Antichrist and the false prophet, the rulers of the world during that time period, will institute a financial system that people will readily join into to rescue themselves from the, the uh, famines and, and the, the horrible distress of that worldwide economic collapse is coming. So we can see today, I mean, it's just it's not a matter of if, but when, the financial mm-hmm. is going to finally collapse the entire economic system, and the world will look to a ruler to take over that and to bring some kind of order back in again, as well as the lawlessness. I mean, as the lawlessness increased with terrorism and uh, crime and all that, they will look for some kind of ruler to bring order out of chaos. And we're just, we're, it's an exciting time to live, wouldn't you agree? But it's also a terrible time. And, yeah, I can see why the heart attacks are getting worse, because they are. It's a fearful time to live in. Yeah, that, I mean, you had a good point uh, there, Nathan. I mean, it looks like the conditions right now uh, that, that we are witnessing uh, is, is setting the stage for this man of sin uh, to come on the scene, this, this Antichrist mentioned in 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse number 18, to, to take advantage of the situation that we see by and large right now and, as you said, uh, institute his own economic uh, a global uh, institution, if you will, and I believe we find that in Revelation uh, chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. So definitely, I believe that, that the conditions are right right now for this man uh, to come on the scene and, and take control of a future revived Roman Empire in which, you know, students of Bible prophecy like myself and, and, and others uh, believe is right now currently being fulfilled uh, in the European Union. Amen. I totally agree. It, we're we're being set up for something big, and every all the pieces are are ready. We're just looking for that one impetus that'll get it started, like dominoes that'll all fall down eventually. Yeah, great, great point there, Nathan. Well, let me let me get to my uh, uh, second question. Many try uh, to find America in Bible prophecy. You know, they'll 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 pull passages like Isaiah chapter eighteen. Uh, they'll pull passages like Isaiah 13, and then they'll jump over to Revelation 17 and Revelation 18 and, and say that they, they found America in Bible prophecy. All the scholars back then, you know, they, they didn't find it, but finally I found America in Bible prophecy. And uh, how did they even come, Nathan, to these conclusions that they have found America uh, in Bible prophecy and I mean, uh, is there any specific references to the United States in prophecy or are there general references to America in prophecy? And uh, what, what do you say about that? Well, to answer your first question, why do people always looking for American Bible prophecy as if it's the only country in the planet? And I, I've had some folks in uh, Australia once write and say, Americans always think they're in the middle of everything. 
And that's true. We're, we're obsessed with the idea of American Bible prophecy. I think it's because we interpret Bible prophecy based on uh, current events, what's in the newspapers. And right now, politically and socially, the United States exerts more power than any other nation. Now, what people have a hard time understanding is that, that the tribulation is a time period unlike any other. I mean, the total political systems of the world, the economic systems, the social systems, the religious systems are vastly different than today. So it, you can't look at the way the world's set up today and say that's the world of the tribulation because the Bible gives us paints a very different picture of that time period. Uh, mm -hmm. Your second question, where do people get the idea that America is in Bible prophecy? And obviously, the Bible doesn't write out, say, the United States of America or anything. It's yeah. not there. So they'll infer it. You, the listings you gave were the four that I would have given. Uh, people turn to Isaiah 18, and it talks about a tall and smooth people who are feared far and wide, who live in a nation that's powerful and whose land the rivers divide. And they look at that and say, well, the Mississippi divides the United States. It's a powerful okay. nation. Therefore, uh, Isaiah 18, it must be about the United States. But you've got to look at context. Whenever you're interpreting Bible prophecy, you have to look at context. And oh, the context of, yeah, it's Cush. It's the land of Cush, which is modern-day Ethiopia. And it's talking about the Nile River. So that really isn't a prophecy about the United States. A second one is uh, the village of Tarshish, found in Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 talks about um, the Gog-Magog battle, where Russia and the Islamic, Islamic nations and outer ring will come against Israel, and God will supernaturally destroy them, and the whole world will then know that God is on the scene. It's like his return back to the, the public eye again. And they read Ezekiel 38:13, which talks about the merchants of Tarshish and its villages, or young lions, depending on the translation. And they'll say, well, Tarshish is England, therefore the young lions must be its colonies, United States, Canada, Australia, countries like that. Uh, Again, that, that's a poss of any of them, I'd say that, that's probably the best possibility. But then again, we don't really know that Tarshish is England. It, it's, uh, most people thought the end of the world, Tarshish was Spain. And so that, the young lions then would be the Hispanic nations of South America and all. So that's a hard one to pin on the United States. It, it, it has some, anyway, the United States basically sits out and lets the world attack, or excuse me, Russia and those Islamic nations attack Israel and sits out and barely gives a protest, which sounds exactly like our current administration. Uh, the third one is they go to Revelation 12, 13 through 17, and it talks about a great eagle or wings of a great eagle that will carry yeah. the woman, Israel, into a hiding place. In other words, the United States will step in and protect Israel from the Antichrist. But, you know, you got to go to Exodus 19:4, and you realize the eagle isn't the United States. It's it's talking about God. God is what exactly. protects Israel and, and, and takes her out. So, again, the United States is in a, a great force during the tribulation that will be protecting Israel. Matter of fact, all the nations of the world during the tribulation will uh, be against Israel, and the United States will be one of them. And speaking of the tribulation, the fourth one would be Revelation 18, which talks about Babylon the Great. And as you know, August, there are whole ministries dedicated to trying to prove that is, uh, the United States is Babylon the Great, this great one-world harlot system that comes against Israel, uh, a religious system as well as the Antichrist political system. Uh, but again, the, the United States is one of the nations against Israel. It's not the system that controls the entire world. So that's really trying to pigeon-toe you know, the United States into that position. So I don't believe that, that that's the case there. Uh, clearly the Antichrist does not ri rise out of the United States, rise out of the revived Roman Empire. So I would say the United States isn't the one world 
you know, religious or political system of that time period. What I do see the United States in is, is some general prophecies, prophecies that have uh, doesn't state the United States specifically, but talks about that, like Isaiah 34, 2-3, that all the nations will be judged for its behavior against Israel. And certainly the United States, every time we abuse or try to separate Israel's land or, or divide it, two-state solution, we always seem to get hit by God as a reminder. And so yeah. Isaiah 34 could be a general prophecy. It talks about all the nations of the world ceasing to exist except Israel during the um, Millennial Kingdom, although there are some references to Egypt and Syria bringing tribute during the Millennial Kingdom. Uh, so, But definitely, if anywhere in the United States, it, it's where all the nations of the world come against Israel during the Tribulation, and the United States will no longer be a friend of Israel anymore. It will be part of the Antichrist government, a part of his empire, and whatever form the United States takes during that time period, it, one, will be part of the Antichrist empire, and two, it will be part of that force that tries to destroy Israel. So, unfortunately, that's the destiny of the United States. Yeah, and, and I and I agree with everything you yeah, that you said, Nathan. I was some time ago reading the Biblical Archaeology Review magazine. It's my one of my favorite um, magazines in reading, you know, and being you know updated on recent uh, archaeological discoveries. And uh, Herschel uh, Herschel Shanks did a, a segment on uh, ancient uh, Tashis, and um, and he said that they found uh, ancient Tashis, which is known today as modern day Tartessos which is in southern Spain. So these guys who try to find America in prophecy, you'll say, well, Tashis is either, you know, uh, Great Britain or Australia, United States, you know, uh, uh, which was founded by, you know, uh, English-speaking uh, uh, immigrants. It just doesn't fit the bill uh, at all. It's located in southern Spain, not in America, not in Great Britain, and certainly not in uh, Australia. And, you know, getting back to Isaiah 18, these guys who say they found America in prophecy would say, well, it's going to be America because it says, woe to the lands shadowing with wings. And the wings is a symbol of the United States. And as you said, they go to Revelation 12, uh, the uh, uh, great uh, eagle's wing that must refer to America. And, and I guess the main problem with, with, with this interpretation is that these guys allegorize and spiritualize the Bible and make it sound any way that they want. Yes. Yeah, one of the most frustrating parts about being in a Bible prophecy ministry is other Bible prophecy ministries like, say, Irvin Baxter, for example, who continues to say that we're in the tribulation now, and every time something's on the oh. news, ah, ha, ha, look, look, see, the Bible says this is a fulfillment. You know, just like Harold Camping trying to set dates and always fail, right. to constantly look at the news today and say, well, this fulfills this prophecy, and that fulfills Bible prophecy. There are prophecies being fulfilled today. For instance, Israel uh, becoming a nation again, or the people of Israel coming back to the land again. Those are important. But, you know, to turn on the news and say, oh, yeah, the, the Boston bombing, that fulfills blah, 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 this verse, and, and therefore wow. that's, that's crazy. And unfortunately, people aren't very familiar with their Bible or Bible prophecy, and they quickly believe guys like Irvin Baxter and some of the others. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I've been warned many, many, many times about this Urban Baxter guy. I was preaching at a prophecy uh, conference uh, in, in West Texas, and uh, man, after the, the service, I, you know, the, well, before I, I walked down the uh, aisle to talk with the pastor, his wife approached me and said, "Brother Rizal, this guy is going head to head with my husband about something that you preach. Can you please go over there?" And so uh, Nathan, I, I walked over there and I see the guy, and he's like almost in the pastor's face. 
and uh, just, you know, just blabbing away. And so I, I approached the guy, and I said, well, what, what's going on here? And he looked right at me, brother, and he yelled, you're deceiving the people. I mm. said, sir, how am I deceiving the people? Because yeah. you said that, that we're not in the tribulation yet. The church will be raptured before the tribulation period. You're deceiving the people. We're in the tribulation period right now. Uh, because Irvin Baxter Jr. says we're in the tribulation period right now. I mm-hmm. said, uh, okay. I said, well, sir, I said, if you can show me where the church is mentioned in Matthew 24 or between the tribulation judgments of Revelation chapter 6 through 19, if you can show me where the church is there right now, I'll believe every single word that you're telling me. And uh, he looked at me, Nathan, and just simply did not know what to say. He got so upset that he turned around and he stormed out of the church. But it's interesting you mentioned that fellow, Urban Baxter Jr., and you're right. He said that we're in the tribulation period uh, right now, and it, this is just absolutely monotonous. I mean, and again, it boils down to allegorizing and spiritualizing the Bible and making it sound anywhere you want. Frankly, I can't understand how Christians can follow such a guy like Urban Baxter Jr., Harold Campin, and many other guys like him. You know, they, I think they see the, how bad the world has gotten, how dangerous it is. Like you said, the heart attacks increase, the crime, the war. And they say, well, how can it get much worse? Well, brother, as you know, the tribulation is going to be far worse, especially when it's yeah. just the first four sealed judgments. We're talking about a quarter of the world dying from World War, I guess uh, maybe World War Three, And then we're talking about all the famine and the pestilence and the death that will come because of that war as as food systems and all are no longer functioning anymore. And, uh, you know, we're talking about half the world population being dead just, just wow. in the first year of the tribulation. So there is absolutely no way that we are living in the tribulation right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, like like the preterists would say, oh, you know, uh, you know there, there'll be no future tribulation period. Everything was fulfilled in the year 70 A.D. and all this other stuff, and, and my, my argument to them is if, if everything was fulfilled in 70 A.D. and we see these prophecies like Zechariah 14, 12, where, you know, it, where it, it, it talks about uh, men one day whose eyes will consume in their sockets, their tongues will consume in their mouths, and, and so on and so forth. What, ty- what type of weapon, you know, would the Romans have 2,000 years ago that would have destroyed all life on earth as we know it? I mean, it, it's just absolutely, uh, just absolutely ironic. Yeah, it's so unfortunate when people try to fit the Bible into their worldview instead of letting their worldview be judged and put together by the Bible. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, before I get to your first question that we someone just sent us through uh, uh, email, why don't you just uh, you know tell us a little bit about Lamb and Lion Ministries, how they can get in contact with you, publications, all that good stuff, website. Sure, sure. Um, well, Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ, and uh, we're trying to get the message out about Jesus coming soon as fast as possible to as many people as possible. Uh, so we do that through international television program, Christ and Prophecy, uh, with Dr. David Reagan, and it's a blessing to be the co-host on a number of the, the shows. We have great guests, like a guy named August Rosado and many others. And uh, we also uh, go speaking engagements. I, I just got back from northern Alberta, wonderful church up there in Lacrete, and uh, they just love Bible prophecy. Uh, we also do have a publication that comes out every other month called The Lamplighter, uh, various books and DVDs that Dr. Reagan has produced. 
and the ministry is put together. And there's also, uh, particularly my area is the web ministry. I'm the web minister for the ministry. And my ministry is to reach out people over the Internet. There's over 2 billion, can you believe it, 2 billion possible people to reach over the Internet. Language barriers are coming down and the gospel just spreading. And that's my position there is to get the gospel out over the Internet. And folks can find out all about that at lamblion.com. That's L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N.com. Uh, through that website, you can join our Facebook group. We have about 5,000 folks who discuss Bible prophecy on it. Of course, we have a Twitter account. Uh, we have a newsletter you can sign up for, and every other week uh, get an email. with a, If you need a daily dose of Bible prophecy, we have our Bible prophecy blog at lamblion.us. And uh, those are the various ways we're trying to get there. Of course, YouTube and Vimeo and other uh, web videos that we're putting out there, like our Bible prophecy insights, one-minute videos, all to reach people let them know, hey, folks, you know, the signs are there. They really point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we need to, one, get get right with God, uh, you know, live holy lives. And, two, get out there and evangelize and tell people that Jesus is coming soon while the time is short. Amen. Well well said, brother. I, I, folks, I, I strongly endorse Lamb and Lion Ministries. They're personal friends of mine. And uh, get to know their ministry. Go to their website. And uh, check them out. They got great publications. And uh, if, if there's anybody that has that is a solid Bible prophecy ministry with solid doctrine, I would have just no, just I would totally recommend Lamb and Lion Ministries. And don't forget to check out their program, Christ in Prophecy dot com. And, oh, I'm sorry, Christ in Prophecy TV show. And uh, check out their website, LambLion dot com. All right, Nathan, are you ready for your first question? Oh, bring it on. That's that's what we say on the <laughs> Bring it on. Okay, this question is coming from Joe, and he is from Oklahoma. I know Joe is a good friend of mine and uh, listens to the uh, broadcast a lot. And uh, this question is for you. He says, Nathan, do you feel the two legs from the statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream are Europe and the other Islamic in some form. So what he's saying is, do you believe that one uh, leg is Europe and the other is Islamic? Uh, he said, something I've read lately wanted your thoughts. Okay, uh, good question, Joe. That Islam is a, a huge, huge question right now. It is the fastest growing religion in the world, and the Catholic Church in Europe says that the the status of Islam has now surpassed the membership of the Catholic Church. We see that it's taking over countries by one jihad, but not as well as, say, immigration, where, say, for instance, France is expected to be an Islamic country just by immigration by 2050. Clearly, Islam is a player right now in the world, and people want to know, how does Islam fit into Bible prophecy? Uh, do I believe that the two legs of the statue represent uh, modern-day Europe and modern-day Islam? Probably not. Um, Clearly, it was fulfilled when the Roman Empire split. It had an eastern and a western leg, and frankly, the, the eastern leg lived a lot longer through Constantinople till the armies of Islam around uh, 700 came marching through and destroyed most of that. Uh, so we see the two legs going down today, and, of course, the ten toes, which are the ten kings of the tribulation that have yet to come in the future. Uh, but, you know, where does Islam fit in the world? And I think the answer to that is twofold, uh, or uh, let me say threefold on that. One, we, there are certain prophetic wars that are coming that I believe will destroy Islam as a world religion before the tribulation begins. One is Psalm 83, 
where Israel finally has to subdue the nations that surround them. We're talking the immediate border nations like Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Gaza, Egypt, Saudi Arabia. All those nations present a, a direct threat to Israel and uh, because Islam believes that any nation conquered for Allah must stay with Allah, and since they lost Israel to the Jews, it's their sworn duty to get Israel back as a nation again. So no matter what kind of peace plans or anything we have today, those will never happen because biblically, uh, excuse me, uh, the Quranic, the Muslims believe that they must take Israel back. Israel is going to have to deal with those nations, and that seems to be a fulfillment in Psalm 83. Uh, we talked about Ezekiel 38 and 39 earlier, these the outer ring of Islamic nations like Turkey and Iran, the Stan countries, uh, Libya, all have to come together against Israel with Russia, and God supernaturally destroys them. So it, it seems like uh, definitely when you read the Bible, prophetically, Islam as a belief system is crushed during that time period. Now there's many Muslims living in Indonesia, in India. What about them? Well, we read about the conventional war of the Antichrist beginning of the tribulation. And the Antichrist, to have his, the world worship him, he must stomp out all ideologies, all ones that believe in a monotheistic system. We know that he continually persecutes the Jews and Christians during the tribulation. There's many martyrs. Yeah. Israel's constant attack. But Islam is another competing religion that just can't compete with the Antichrist as he rises out of the European Union, the revived Roman Empire. So I believe those three wars will stomp out Islam before or just at the beginning of the tribulation. So what you're saying, Nathan, is that Islam is not even going to be a factor during the tribulation period. Yeah, and, and that's a, a big paradigm shift for people because we look in the news and right now Islam seems the biggest threat in the world with its totalitarian, unyielding, unmerciful view that it must conquer the world for Allah and that all infidels either must be killed or pay, pay tribute and be subject to them. And that is a, an ideology that, that looks like it, if it continues in the next 25, 30 years, will succeed in conquering the world. Uh, but when you look at these prophecies about these wars, I mean, it really hits the heart of Islam hard. And when Allah can't seem to stand up to the God of the Jews, and certainly in, during Gog and Magog, I believe that many Muslims will lose faith in God. And we see that there's a great multitude during the tribulation of people that have given their lives to Jesus, that get saved, but they're martyred for their faith. And it could be that many of those Muslims who have lost their faith in Allah will turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. And many of those multitudes might be former Muslims. Yeah, I know Jimmy, Jimmy D. Young uh, believes that one out of every three Arabs will be killed uh, probably during the first half of the tribulation period due to the wars of Ezekiel 38, 39, Daniel 11, 40, and Psalm 83, which he also believes that Islam will not be a factor during the tribulation period and, as you said, will not be able to compete with the, uh, global, uh, the, the global rule of the, um, of the Antichrist. But what you're telling Joe is, is that these two legs of Nebuchadnezzar's dream would represent the Western and the Eastern Roman Empire and not Islam. Correct. Okay, well, Joe, I hope that answers your uh, question. Don't forget, uh, check uh, Nathan out in Dr. Reagan, landline.com. Uh, watch your show, Christ and Prophecy, and you can get more uh, good, solid uh, uh, Bible information from that ministry. So I want to thank you, Joe, for once again... Uh, send in your question. We have a couple of more questions coming in, but I want to get to another follow-up question for you, Nathan. And, okay. uh, you know, talking about, you know, uh, Islam, many try to 
uh, paint the Antichrist as a Muslim, uh, using verses that really have no eschatological application whatsoever. Uh, what evidence do we have, you and I, uh, that the beast will be of Roman origin? Well, I mean, we simply can go to Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. It talks about the end times where the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And then it gives a prophetic further view. Then the end will come, war will continue until the end, until desolations have been decreed. So it talks about the ruler who will become the, the one world ruler, the Antichrist is, as the New Testament names them, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, the city and the sanctuary, of course, being Jerusalem, the sanctuary being the temple, and that was mm -hmm. fulfilled in 70 A.D. Uh, yeah. Titus Vespasian came in. But we can read other verses that tell us that the Antichrist will come in and he will desecrate the temple. Now, uh, Titus Vespasian did not come in and desecrate the temple. He destroyed the temple. I mean, the soldiers picked the the stones apart, looking for gold that might have melted in between. There was not, as Jesus said in, in Luke 21, there was not one stone left upon another. So Titus and his people did not fulfill that prophecy. We, it's a future fulfillment in the Antichrist, which means for him to desecrate the temple, there has to be a temple. Uh, I think one of the, the best, are, people will say, well, when the Romans came and they attacked the temple, there were some Roman leaders. Uh, of course, Caesar approved it, but... They brought all these mercenaries in, and these mercenaries in were, were Arabs who, of course, and again, 500 and some years later would become Muslims. Therefore, it must be the Muslim. Now, I think the best answer to this is the research that Sean Osborne did at Eschatology Today, where he, he did research on who exactly were these different parts of the army and what were their uh, historical background. Uh, he mm -hmm. gives a number of like uh, Lego 10 Frentensis, Lego 5 Macedonia, uh, Legio, I'm sorry, not Lego, Legio, uh, 15 Apollinarius, and they were all under the command of General Titus Vespasianus. So when you look at and break down the soldiers, they're from the Straits of Messina, they were Illyric Celtic people from Pannonia, the Danube River area, they're Thraco Aurelian people from the lower Danube, uh, an area called Moesia. In other words, they were Europeans, they were Roman citizens. Yes, they, they had uh, brought in mercenaries from the Middle East, but the majority of the people that attacked Israel were pure Roman blood, they were Roman citizens, Titus was a Roman, Caesar was a Roman, it was clearly the people who destroyed the temple in fulfillment of prophecy of Daniel 9.26 were Roman people, and therefore it says clearly that the Antichrist will rise out of those people, and those people were Romans, and we're seeing that today with the revival of the European Union. I mean, look in the 1940s, for instance, what happened in Europe? World War. Well, now we are like yeah. 50 years later, and Europe is basically one country, one continent, and they're tr continually yeah. going closer and, and tying those so that it's less national and, and more as a European Union rather than individual countries. I mean, at, second to Israel as a miracle, that is a miracle. You get all those enmities put aside, and so clearly something is happening in the European Union, and that's in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. So uh, clearly then, as you asked, the, the Muslims will not be part of, of the end times. Uh, the Bible prophecy just seemed to be against Islam being a player during the tribulation, past being destroyed by the Antichrist in the first uh, conventional war. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I agree, I agree with all that. You know, those who try to find, you know, some type of passage, and they pull a verse here, they pull a verse there, roll up into one ball, and say, well, this is, this is what it means. And I know many, I've met them at the pre-trib conference who, who try to, uh, you know, to pull a fast one, on the, you know, these mercenaries, it doesn't matter if they were Muslims from Egypt or Lebanon or Syria 
Well, it doesn't matter. It was still the Roman army, as you said, led by a Roman general, Titus, the son of Vespasian, Roman emperor, in 70 AD, destroyed the city and the sanctuary. I mean, when we were just at the, uh, the southeastern corner of the Temple Mount, where my tour group and I, just this past March, was looking at the remains of that Roman destruction. Uh, we went into the Davidson Center, where all of this rich archaeological stuff is on display and uh, we, we saw a, a brick, Nathan, a 2,000-year-old uh, uh, brick. And right on it, in Latin, said the 10th Roman Legion. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what other evidence uh, do you need? Either you're going to ignore uh, the evidence and, and stick with the plain sense literal teaching of the Bible or just go off on your wild fantasies. Yeah, again, it's trying to pigeonhole Bible prophecy into modern-day events and that's not the case. The tribulation paints a vastly different world during the tribulation that, you know, people say, well, does that mean that it has to be like a few hundred years before the tribulation? Well, you could say perhaps, but, I mean, all it takes is one economic collapse or, or one uh, outbreak of disease or something to radically change political systems, economic systems and all. So the world is going to see a total upheaval of what it exists today. So trying to take modern-day events and plug them into Bible prophecy is newspaper eisegesis, and we really should not be practicing that. Well, folks, you are listening to Nathan Jones, and he knows what he is talking about. He is the co-host of the nationwide TV show Christ in Prophecy with Dr. Dave Reagan, founder of Lamb and Lion Ministries. If you have a question for Nathan, there is a toll-free number that you can call, and that is 877-659-8944. Don't be phone shy, 877-659-8944. That is a toll-free number all across the United States, around the world, 877-659-8944. If you have an email question for Nathan, I want to thank you for sending these questions. Uh, send that question at August. Today in Bible Prophecy at gmail.com. August.todayinbibleprophecy at gmail.com. Nathan, the next question I have for you might seem a little bit like a loaded uh, question, but do you see an alarming increase of apostasy in the church? That would be question one. And what major heretical doctrines are we seeing today, to name a few? Oh, that's a sad question, August. Unfortunately, yes, I, and there is an alarming increase in apostasy in the church. Uh, and the, when you look at the seven churches of Revelation, the last church that represents not only the church of that time period during John's time, but the church of Laodicea also represents a, a section of time in church history, and it's the last time, the time before Jesus comes is the church of Laodicea. And the Laodicean church is marked by an apathy towards God's word, uh, an uninterest in it. Uh, it. It fulfills prophecies that were talked about in, let's say, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, that there will be apostasy that comes first before the Lord's return, that Matthew 24 says many will fall away. It also says most people's love will grow cold. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 says the time will come when they, uh, Christians, will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. And then the, the yeah. pulse of the church, 2 Timothy 3.5, holding a form of godliness, although they deny its power. 
and sadly, the church today, uh, and I'll say mostly in the West, the, the church in the West today, has a form of godliness. Uh, you know, we all say we're Christians, we're cultural Christians, but we deny the power of God. We have taken God out, we've, we've shrunk him down, we've put him in a box, and we've made the gospel all about ourselves. We have leaders like Rob Bell, who are clearly blind shepherds, trying to find where God is, leading massive amounts of people behind him, and all in the wrong direction, away from the Bible and God's word. Uh, we see the church is falling, numbers uh, leaving, 75% of uh, Christian upbrought children who enter the college year, 75% drop out because, you know, they're really never taught the gospel to begin with. They're not really saved to begin with. So we're seeing a terrible decline of the church in the West. It's all but dead in Great Britain, which used to be during the 1800s, the powerhouse of missionary sending. But then there's hope. You read about uh, all the events that are happening in, in say, um, Africa and China where the church is growing and flourishing under persecution. So, Yes, to answer your first question, there is an increase, an alarming, definitely great word, alarming increase in apostasy in the church. Uh, your second question, what are some of the major heretical doctrines? Uh, the number, there's three of them, I would say, that, that particularly, there's many of them, but the, the first three, the, the biggest one is universalism, that idea that all roads lead to God. We can believe in anything we want, and God is loving, and he's gracious, and he's going to let everybody into heaven. And August, I have lost some really good lifelong friends to that false doctrine. Guys wow. that grew up Christian, who either because they were at war and, and saw horrible things or uh, spent a lot of time with other religions, came back doubting their own faith and turned into universalists, believing that all roads lead to God. You don't have to worry about sin. There's no inherent evil. God's good. He's just going to let everybody in. And that is just such a lie from Satan. Uh, the second one, especially you see that in third world countries, like when I went down to Nicaragua and other places where people are having a lot of uh, financial uh, poverty, is prosperity gospel. This idea that God exists as a big Santa Claus to give us lots of money, to give us food and whatever we want, we can name it and claim it. And uh, that's not what the Bible is at all. The Bible's not about us getting rich, certainly yeah. spiritually rich by knowing Christ, but no, the Bible doesn't exist for our material benefit. Uh, the third one, and uh, it's a, a sad one, especially it's within the church today, is dual covenant theology. This this idea that Christians can believe in, in Christ and be saved, and Jews, as long as they follow the law, they too can be saved, as if they live under a special dispensation of being under the Old Testament that saves them today. But that's not the truth at all. It's The name of Jesus is the only name by which we must be saved. So those are the three main ones, I think, that are really infiltrated the church and society today, and of course, there are so many others. Like I said earlier, the number one prophecy that God gives, uh, Jesus gave in the New Testament, in the end times would show a false prophets, false messiahs, false teachers, and we live in an age where there's so many of them, and it's so easy with communication today to get their views across. You know, if I if I can add a fourth one in there, uh, Nathan, mm -hmm. a major major problem um, in the church today. Uh, that pretty much defeats the purpose of uh, global evangelism, defeats the purpose of witnessing the people, sharing the gospel. And I would say uh, an another serious, serious doctrinal uh, issue in the church today, which is it's heretical to the core, is Calvinism. And, uh, and there are many out there uh, today, Christians. I mean, the cults are not teaching this. This is coming from people who say that they're Christians. And, and they're teaching that, that God has destined some to heaven. He's destined the rest 
to hell. Uh, they teach in uh, limited atonement that Jesus Christ only died for the elect. He didn't die for everybody. And there's no reason for you and I to support missions or support world evangelism, pass on a gospel tract or witness to someone because God is already destined uh, who's going to heaven. He's already destined to go to hell. So there's no reason for you and I to be evangelizing. I mean, but don't you find that to be absolute heresy? Uh, <laughs> I always answer that one because uh, I grew up Calvinist. Um, I'm not a five-point, you know, if you do your whole tulip thing, five-point Calvinist. Uh, I, I didn't really even study Arminianism too much until I went to Bible school and then uh, worked with Dr. Reagan, who, who tends to be somewhere between Calvinism and Arminianism. I think Calvinism, uh, both Calvin and Arminius, were looking for ways to understand God, and they got a partial view of it. So, yeah, hyper-Calvinists, and I do know hyper-Calvinists, believe what's the point of ministry? What's the point of mission? God saved who he is, and the rest, they're, they're made to go to hell. And that's clearly a wrong teaching. But then there's hyper-Arminius, too, who believe that, you know, free will out the wazoo and that God has no say in anything, and that, that's wrong, too. There, there's, there's a balance. Now, as men, you know, we can't understand fully God's word in that area because God is so much bigger and he's got so many plans. But, you know, both Calvin and Arminius were trying to understand that, and they both came up with different views. But uh, both, uh, you know, not to speak for Dr. Reagan, but from his writings and, and from what I read and listening to him, you know, you've got to strike a balance in there somewhere. So, yeah, the church needs to be out there witnessing. I mean, the Bible, the Great Commission, Acts 1-8, clearly tells us that that's our marching orders. And if there were people out there who can't be saved, well, then what's the point of us going? Because God's already saved them. So, yeah, exactly. that, that is a false teaching and a false doctrine. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, hyper-Calvinism definitely is a problem, and we, I think we've seen the church kind of atrophy based on that doctrine, where many of them just don't want to get out anymore. Right. I mean, I, I had one uh, Calvinist guy tell me one time, uh, we were, I was preaching in Arizona, and uh, he, he, uh, we were at this Mexican restaurant as we went over the border from Arizona into Mexico, and uh, he says... Uh, he says, hey, uh, Brother Ox, he says, do you believe in all five points? I said, I most certainly do. And, man, this big smile came over his face. He says, you believe in all five points? I said, yes, sir, B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> and then Nathan, Great he answer. I'm going to use that one if you don't mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man, you should have saw the demeanor on his face. It turned from a smile to like he wanted to put his hands around my throat. <laughs> and uh, it, it, was just, it was just absolutely un. Unbelievable, but yeah, I, I would I would definitely have to say that you know, adding to the three that you had that I see that uh, that uh, Calvinism is also a major problem in the church. It split churches, it splits families. I've seen it, you know, up close and personal. And yeah, it defeats the it, it defeats you know the purpose of a world evangelism. And uh, and I, I agree with you, it is indeed false uh, doctrine. Uh, Nathan, we got a few minutes left. I want to get to another email question that uh, that came in for you. So are you ready for this one? Yes, sir. All right. This one comes from uh, Kay, and uh, this is what Kay says. I need someone who has his pulse on the nation to help me out. I've never heard of this man before with John McTurnan's website. He has posted that the United States is going to be persecuting the Christians. Seems we are at the top of the, and she puts in quotations, terrorist list. Have you read any of his website? Have you heard anything like that? Thank you for any information you can give me, Kay. 
Oh, Kate, I, I, uh, sorry, I'm not terribly familiar with John McTernan. If, if I remember correctly, he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, August, does he not believe that the United States is Babylon the Great, if, I, if I, I remember correctly? I, you, you, you may be right. The name does sound uh, uh, familiar, and he does have a, uh, a website. I don't, I, I'm not that familiar with the man, but I do believe that he feels that America is Babylon. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the books that he's written are about America being Babylon, and therefore America will start persecuting the Christians. And uh, I know a lot of folks in the church who, who we know that religious freedom is awesome. I mean, what nation in the world did people flee to because of religious persecution? They came to the United States. And what happens if the United States doesn't exist anymore as a place of religious freedom? Well, we know during the tribulation there's no place safe for the tribulation saints. They're they're hunted down and killed in mass. There's no country that will protect them, no Salem. So the United States will continue on its course. Uh, persecution will get worse, first quietly and subtly through different laws and legislation, and then turning a blind eye to, to outright persecution, and then the government persecuting directly. We can see that in Nigeria right now, uh, where so many Christians are getting slaughtered in mass by, by Islamic uh, Boko Haram people, and the government just turns a blind eye to it. I mean, they're walking into towns with machetes, chopping people up, throwing children down wells. We have two missionaries over there that our Lamb and Lion supports, and the horror stories that come from these men that's going on. Wow. Would that be the situation of the tribulation? Most definitely. That When I gave you the, earlier those ten signs, number eight was the persecution of, of Christians, tribulation saints during that. And, yeah. uh, it will get worse for Christians. Now, how much tribulation will Christians have to deal with before the tribulation, before the rapture? Uh, I can't say, but we know that from so many verses in the Bible, like Ephesians 5.6, Romans 5.9, Colossians 3.4, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, Revelation 3.10, right off the top of my head, that the church is not destined for the wrath of God. The tribulation is the wrath of God. So we're saved from that. God will take us, the church up and protect us from that. But will there be wrath of man and Satan before the 21 judgments are released? Most certainly, it's definitely happening in the world today. I can tell you horror stories of things I read out of North Korea where there's over 70,000 Christians basically in concentration camps right now. Uh, the persecutions going on in China, the Christian orphanages, orphanages being burned down in India. It's clearly, persecution is coming on the Christian, but you know what? Uh, we need to stand fast to the Lord. We need to continue to share the gospel no matter what. And... Uh, you know, side with you. Don't lose your faith. Don't run away. But, but you know, stick with the Lord, and, and our our redemption is drawing near, as our ministry likes to say. Well, Amen. Well, Nathan, we're going to bring this to a close. Just one last time. Uh, just uh, within a, a, a minute or so, just give us again the contact information for Lamb and Lion. Uh, our website is Lamb Lion, L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N. Our ministry references the the two symbols of Christ. That Jesus came first as a suffering lamb. He comes back as a conquering lion. So if you put it in that order, you get our ministry, lamblion.com. Uh, check us out. We've got a wealth of TV shows you can watch, uh, articles you can read, social groups you can participate in. Stay on top of Bible prophecy and be able to discern the signs of the times. Well, Nathan, I want to thank you for being on our show. As usual, it is always a blessing to uh, have you, and I'm looking forward to having you back on a future program. Tell Doc Reagan I said hello and all the staff there at Lamb and Lion, and brother, we will be talking to you soon. Praise the Lord. It's always great to be on with you, August, and get in touch with you, and we'll definitely have to have you back on Christ in Prophecy. Well, I'm looking forward to it, brother. God bless you now. You too. God bless. Bye-bye.
Well, folks, I just want to say uh, thank you for joining us on the uh, show today. Uh, again, don't forget to check us out uh, next week as we have another live program coming to you. This is August Rosado, today in Bible Prophecy Ministry, saying keep up, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Maranatha, and pray for the people of Jerusalem. Shalom.